you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast. We'll be prepared for the robot invasion. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? What's up? Special day. Special podcast. We didn't even know we were going to do a podcast until... What, about an hour or two ago? But we Very decided special. we'll get a little quick Thanksgiving preview in. It's like in the 80s where the sitcoms had the very special episode of Different Strokes or whatever. Very well, special. this one will deal with less sensitive topics, right. I believe, than that. Yeah, no bike keep, uh, bike owner uh, in a local no one's, shop. No one's going to have to decide whether they keep the baby or not. Right? Yeah. Well, no Dudley, a lot of no Dudley involved in this one. <laughs> no Dudley. A lot of podcasts. You know who is involved? The great... Gold standard behind the glass. What's up, buddy? Not too much. How you fellas doing? I like to call. I'm doing well. I like to call this a Zach attack behind the glass. Boom. <laughs> you know, a little. Yeah. Were you, you were, were you too young for Say by the Bell? By the way. No, no. It was a formative part of my early life. Oh, good. So you enjoy the song "Friends Forever" by the Zach attack. <laughs> I did indeed. In <laughs> fact, number one around the world. I think I have it right here. That's a saucy number. Mm. That's Tasty. underrated as a song. What the, <laughs> what the actual structure of it? And I thought it was as a nice. A, it's a an, melody. Yeah, it's it's catchy. I would play that on repeat in my house. Are you on acid right now, Mark? I'm just saying. I thought. I think it's it's <laughs> swatted down immediately as a product when it's stronger than you think. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, much like Emmy Lou Harris songs, as uh, West <laughs> contended on. On Sunday's pod, West, by the way, you haven't heard him yet. You didn't hear him say, hi, Dan, uh, at the top of the show. That's because Wes is hey, Dan. on his off day, and uh, he's got stuff to do. Wes, actually, because he's such a pro, what did he say to you, Greg, when you checked in on his availability? <laughs> he was in a game rewind groove. You know, he didn't want to jump out of that little groove. And that's Greg falling for that 
hook, line, and sinker <laughs> believes that that's actually happening right yeah, now. That's why he's. Uh, that's why he's the scientist. And uh, I have to commend you guys. I listened to the podcast the other night, and as usual, when I'm not involved, I think the podcasts <laughs> get better. I wish you weren't a liar. I'm a I'm a self hater, and it just it was a very no, enjoyable. He's telling the I truth, would, Zach. I, I really would, and you know, and I you know, it's something I would listen to in the world. Well, we got a tweet a from point. someone saying that it was a, that it was not even nearly as good without Craig. That was great. Now nah, you're yeah. No. <laughs> that was my dummy account. Uh, yeah, no, we missed you on Sunday, and we 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 went on without the boss, but we are glad to have you back. And and Thursday show, or, or Friday show. When will our next show go up? We're gonna do another show on we- on Wednesday. It's gonna go up Wednesday night, previewing the entire week, big holiday, the rest of the week. So we'll yeah, you're gonna get this show where we're just gonna break down what happened on Monday night. We had two games, of course, on Monday, and then going through the three big Thursday games on Thanksgiving. A lot of great football to be played on Thursday, and then our third show of the week will be all Sunday and Monday night football. Looking at those games. So a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to get to. So let's do what we got to do. We'll start with Monday Night Football. Actually, two games on Monday, of course, because of that big storm in western New York forced the game to be moved. But why don't we start with the big, more uh, exciting or more fun game to watch. That occurred in the Superdome where the New Orleans Saints had lost two in a row in their own building. And they have the Baltimore Ravens coming in. No way the Saints can lose three in a row at the Superdome, right? Well, they can that's the true story here because the Ravens get a monster day out of Justin Forsett who runs for 182 yards and two scores. Uh, big Drew Brees pick six, and there you have it, 34-27. The Ravens win. They stay in the mix in the AFC North right in the middle of the pack. Right, uh, It's there for the taking for Baltimore. And then for the Saints, I mean, what can you say? They are now 4-7. and seven. Because uh, because of the division is so bad, the NFC South, they are in first place still, tied with the Atlanta Falcons. But let's just start here. And, then Greg, I'll open up with you because you got a hero pick on this game. You thought the Ravens were going to take care of business against the Saints. You were the you were smart to do it because we were too slow getting out on New Orleans. They are a bad team right now. Their defense is a disaster. I mean, Rob Ryan, everywhere he goes, it seems like, the first year, there's a nice sort of honeymoon year. He's like the Terrell Owens of coaches. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> everything's great for the first year, and then the second year, it all falls apart. And they're just – they play like Rob Ryan. They're over-aggressive, and they over-pursue their linebackers, and they had no answer for Justin Forsett. Every time there was misdirection and play action, it was like the whole Saints defense went one way, and the Ravens running game went the other. And this is week after week. They really had a very similar game plan than to the Bengals who won in New Orleans just the week before. It seems like teams that play the Saints are in for three or four days of gushing praise afterwards. because <laughs> it, No, they really they make opposing running games, number one, look dynamite. Justin Forsett has had a very good season. He's third in the league. No, he's absolutely. I mean, but, but it helps to go play a running defense like this. If I knew that Baltimore was going to give up the most yards it had <laughs> since 1998... 525 yards. I would have thought that we were going to get this right by picking the Saints. Yeah, and Drew Brees, you look at his numbers, and you're like, oh, Brees is playing like the Brees we know and love. 35 of 45, throws for 420. Yeah, man, with three (laughs) touchdowns and an interception. But Brees was not able to uh, make the biggest play of the game when he threw the pick six. It was intended for Jimmy Graham was picked off running running for the score. And uh, what was that, Will Hill that had it? Yeah. And when that happened, really, to me, the game felt over at that point. The, the Saints seemed to be uh, in a hole where they weren't going to get out, and they didn't. 
I mean, Breeze, they can't, he, they can't afford for him to be slipping up as he's done all season. Well, it was such a perfect encapsulation of their season because I really don't feel like Drew Brees is playing that bad, but every mistake he makes, he just pays for it. Like that, that throw was a yard and a half off and late and it was because pressure came out of him. He shouldn't have thrown it. And it was like, if he makes one of those bad throws, it's just one of those seasons where it's coming back for a touchdown. Well, and let's give a little credit to Ozzie Newsom because that AFC North, Baltimore, is right in the mix. I think they may be. I still we talked we talked about it was the most complete team, and we flipped. I thought and, they're the best team. That's part. That's why I picked them. I think yeah. they're the best team in this division. I mean, they, they whacked Pittsburgh a couple times. They've been swept by Cincinnati. It hasn't shown up for me in, t- in, in big games. It hasn't shown up, but I do think just offense, defense, running game, passing game that they're the most complete. Well, and they went out. They got Will Hill on defense, which was a player the Giants gave up on for good reason when they did. But then you know, Forsett, they've he's, they've gone out and they've they've had to reshape some positions and done a nice job with. It. How about the AFC North, 10-1-1 against the NFC South? That's why that South is sucking the joint up so much. They cannot beat the AFC. Well, that, that those two divisions have a, a symbiotic relationship. That's why you see I mean, the, you see those great records in the AFC North. It's because they're all 3-0, 4-0 against the NFC South. And, you know, we... I, I floated the idea downstairs before the show of forking the Saints and just why don't we just fork the entire <laughs> NFC South? We've already forked the other three. Yeah, we already forked the other three teams who <laughs> said they have no chance of winning the division. I mean, someone's going to win this division, and I, I, you know, I've been getting killed picking the Saints at various points this season. Uh, are they going to win the division, or is some, one of these? Dud teams actually going to steal this thing and go into the playoffs with six or seven wins. The Panthers wins. could still win this division. Sure, half a game out. <laughs> I mean, I think, the Saints, I think the Saints will win it, and I do think there's a really good chance that 4-8 and eight is leading the division next week because New Orleans is going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Carolina is going to Minnesota this week. That, that's not too hard. Uh, Atlanta has a, a tough game as well this week. And I, I think, who is it against? Do you remember? Atlanta. Very tough game at home in Atlanta. After the Pittsburgh game, New Orleans has Carolina at home, at Chicago, Atlanta at home, at Tampa Bay. They just need to take care of those home games in the division. I could actually see them winning four straight to finish the season, go 8-8, eight because eight, those are lousy teams, and they've mostly lost these games to quality opponents. They, they've shown they can't beat good teams, but I do think they win maybe three or four of those games, win seven games, win the division. I like what Dan suggested this morning on NFL Now, that the 6-10 and 10 Saints win the division host the Ooh. Seahawks, and beat them in the playoffs, just I, like they did a couple years ago in reverse. I have a bit of a Sessler that we watched two playoff teams in this game, and you know what? I could totally see the Saints getting a little hot and knocking off a team in the playoffs yeah. and then getting absolutely whooped in Green Bay or something like that. So, you know, these are two pretenders that we were watching in this game, but, you know, the Saints aren't. Don't mark them off like they're not going to win another game because they'll probably get it together. There's too much talent there. It, it's weird, though. because We can talk about them with all this hope, but if they're in any one of the other seven divisions, they are absolutely the number one biggest disappointment in the league. Yeah. There's no team that's been a bigger disappointment. And by the way, Mark, one last point on the AFC North. I am coming around on your thinking that I think the Browns, if they're going to finally get back to the playoffs, they're going to need 11 wins because I think the Ravens are going to win 11. And I think the the Bengals are going to go 10-5-1. And and that's going to put the uh, Browns in a tough spot if they go 10-6. Three teams from that division make the playoffs, I think. All right, moving on Mm. to the – Second game. It was really the first game that was played. This was a game? It, it was a game. It's a football contest. It was a game. Uh, the New York Jets uh, played a game because the Buffalo Bills were snowed under in western New York. They moved the game to Detroit, as we know. 
you would think the, the Jets would be at the advantage. They got to practice all week in, under a bubble in New Jersey. Didn't work out that way. This was an absolute disaster. A 38-3 win for the Bills in a game that was never never really close. I mean, it was, it was tight at the end of the first half. But this was a game where the Jets looked overmatched um, from the start. Michael Vick had one of the worst games of his career. He got benched in the third quarter for Geno Smith. Uh, and this, to me, that when I think about this game, and I think a lot of us, and you don't have to be a football genius to know that, or a football baby to know that Rex Ryan's <laughs> job was pretty much uh, over with the Jets after the season. After this, after you see the team essentially look like they quit on him in this game, you could start the clock right now because the countdown is on and Rex is gone New Year's Day or January 2nd. I watched this game with Dan last night, and we all we all know that Dan grew up. Your dad and your uh, your grandfather too, I assume. Jets fans through the years, the Hanses family. <laughs> yeah, my dad and his great grandfather founded the Jets. <laughs> that's know, right. They only, they've only been around since. All right, okay, but so that's fair. <laughs> like I would say though, we we kind of tried to piece it together. What fan bases have been through a longer, more brutal existence? There's only one or two that you could say in front of the Jets. And Greg's shaking his head, but but really outside of. A few playoff appearances that were ill-fated in recent years. It's been long streaks of nothingness. And Ryan there's a is, lot of fan bases that feel that everyone thinks they have the most pain. Yeah, but Cardinals. Then you, well, but then break it down. But there's actual proof against 95 percent of Cardinals, those fan bases. Browns. Cardinals you been to a Super Bowl. Lions. Jets have been around just because the Jets only made it one game short. I mean, thing is, last night sorry. having to watch the game with Dan, it's like. Yeah, you know, you're at the end of another era with Rex Ryan out the door right. here. This, it didn't work. This was six years mm. that essentially it was nothingness. And, you know, I had I, some fun early. Oh. A little bit. But, you know, when you lose in the AFC title game twice, that's a lot of agony, too, when you lose those games. But I really think ultimately this is a situation where Rex is gone. I, I really, you know, I, I wish well for the man as a human being, but I really hope Idzik is also out of a job here. And, you know, they Geno Smith, they got to move on from him entirely, and Michael Vick is nothing more than a backup at this stage of his career. They need to hit on three big things, quarterback, GM, coach, and it's one of the biggest off-seasons in recent memory for this franchise. But, you know, let's move to the team that's actually in the cont- contention in this game, the Bills. And I don't know how much, Mark, you were you were scared watching the Bills because you, you know the, the Brownies have a big matchup in Orchard Park next week. Uh, but I don't know how much to take out of this game for the Bills. I know they have skill. Uh, they can get to the quarterback. They can make some plays. Kyle Orton's been good enough to make the offense move. But I don't know how much I take out of this game to really be that impressed because the Jets just didn't show up in this game. The one thing that – and Greg's pointed this out. Like, what's the best position group uh, – you know, what's the best unit on the field in a game like this? And Buffalo's defense, week after week, is able to get – in the quarterback's face and co- totally blow up game plans. I think last night that was for me even the bigger story than anything they did on offense. That scares me because in any weather they're going to be good, but their schedule down the stretch they have to win that Browns game because I think wow. after that they are absolutely facing a laundry list. It's, Let's play the schedule game. Yeah, they, they have no chance to make the playoffs. Let's play the schedule they really game. Really don't because of the schedule, but who they've wa- had a great year. Who wants to be the uh, arbiter of victory or uh, defeat? I will. I will be. All right, here we go. Um, Home to Browns. I'm going to win. All right, seven and five. Ooh, wow, Cleveland. That's Mark Sessler, your number one fan. Uh, At Broncos, loss. Seven and six. Home to Packers, loss. Seven and seven. At Raiders, win. Eight and seven. At Pats, loss. 
All right, so we don't even really talk about this team much. No, much but whatever. They're they're, they could be nine and seven. You could squeeze out nine losers. and seven. Well, maybe. Just because they have a ridiculously hard schedule the rest of the way, it's hard to see it happening. But it's impressive how good a team piloted by Kyle Orton, who they signed in August, is. And that defensive line that you mentioned, I think it's the best defensive line in the league. And I can't think of many defensive lines over the last five years that are better. One to four, where all four of those guys, Jerry Hughes, Kyle Williams, Mario Williams, and Marcel Darius, have strong Pro Bowl cases. I think all four could go. Mario Williams is earning that paycheck now. He has 12 sacks now, so he's on pace for 17 or 18 sacks. That's exactly what they paid for when they gave him that huge contract a couple years ago. I mean, before E.J. Manuel rode the pine, we looked at the Bills as a team that might go 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, and they have a new owner, and a lot of times that means new GM, new yep. coach, sweep it out. I think Marone, and I think they've saved their job. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no I, doubt. Unless they really flame out in these last five games, but I think they're in, on some level in, the, in a very similar boat to the Jets, so they're still pretenders and nobodies until they locate <laughs> the quarterback, yeah. and they, I would think, just like the Jets will be, the Bills will be very aggressive in the first round, whether they pick at where their spotters or look to move up because they are not going anywhere until they find a quarterback. And Doug Whaley, who mortgages his whole future on Sammy Watkins, it behooves him to find somebody that can get him the ball (laughs) in the long-term sense. I do. Before we get out of this game, I do have to, you know, kids will be, I'll be telling my grandchildren when I think back on this crazy game at a neutral field on a Monday night, you know, no Bills and Jets fans actually there. I'll describe it as the Robert Woods games. I love me some Robert Woods. I mean, <laughs> he had, he had like the catch. He had five beautiful catches, nine for 118, like six, four or five diving catches. That was one of the games of the year by any wide receiver. I know it was Robert Woods. And you know Wes isn't here to you know to come down on you <laughs> on the Robert Well, he's Woods still going to win his sandwich by proposition. The way, there, were, there were some Bills fans, and there were even some Jets fans at that game. But I don't know how many fans are going to remember that game. I've never seen so many crowd shots of people that were completely <laughs> – completely glazed over in the eyes. There, 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 there must have been some heavy tailgating going on in this Detroit. This is Detroit. I mean, it's, it's, it's wintertime in Detroit. This is, there doing? is something about the neutral site, random game. Zach, you mentioned it on Twitter that, that you find enticing. You just like the random time neutral site games. It's just a strange magic to it. I agree. I totally agree. There is something fun that it's just like this wacky game, you know, that you, Never happen again. Speaking of strange magic, and while we have you here, Gold Standard, I want to <laughs> oh, yeah. ask you about a tweet from a couple hours ago. If you could just shine a light on it. Let me read it for the audience. <laughs> this is from at that damn yank, uh, who is up to almost 5,000 Twitter followers. Wow. Here we really? go. Here's the tweet. Some people in life load up on high-value food at the buffet. Others just enjoy the buffet. What does that mean? Well, I don't want to get too profound on everyone here, but so I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ground it in earthly circumstance. I was at the salad bar and I saw a lot of loading up on you know high value ingredients. You have your eggs, your meat, etc. But it didn't look like a nice mix. And so for me in life, I you know I say you get a nice mix in there. You don't worry about what costs the most, what the best value mm. is. You just sort of enjoy your life. Guess what, buddy? You just got mm. a favorite others, star from the old Zeus. Right, thanks. That the others just enjoy. You're going to like my nacho cheese theory. Ooh, you know? wow, teaser. You know, don't give it to us all at once. I won't. You've got to space <laughs> this out. So interesting. Next yeah. time. Follow Zach Goldman at that damn young. For so more buffet analysis. <laughs> I'm still not sure what it means, but yeah, I, it's, it's profound. It's kind of like the, the Dalton scale. It's I feel a little bit like Jaden Smith. Yeah, I I think Zach graduated from Oxford in like six months. So whatever he says, I'm just going <laughs> to pretend I'm following it's him. It's accurate, and it is probably also very – 
very I think what I, what I took it as was, so basically the, the, the people that you like, you are one of the people you're just going to enjoy. You're just going to go there and enjoy the buffet experience overall. You're not going to get caught up in trying to like maximize. You don't need to beat the buffet. Strategize how I'm going to have the best salad and whatever. It's just like, be there. Totally. I get very annoyed at salad bars. <laughs> you are famously annoyed, yes. I just I don't like I think that the behavior of a lot of people at salad bars is very questionable. <laughs> in fairness, you get annoyed by the behavior of people in a lot of social circumstances. And you don't like food, so it's a bad combo. Salad both bars. both true. So again, if you want more on uh, Mr. <laughs> Goldman's buffet slash buffoon uh, dichotomy. How many that Damien? How many pops is his Twitter account gonna get? Thanks, three. So kind I can't you. even get you to mention our uh, own folder in NFL Now, which everyone should just, like I said, go to NFL Now, put on videos, and just leave it playing for hours. Okay, um, yeah, do that, and then you, of course, uh, you know, go to iTunes and click stars, give us five stars, give us comements. <laughs> Uh, watch us on, listen to us Stitcher. on Stitcher. <laughs> wow. Other things. Just we are give trying us what very we hard to not have this be a short podcast. Right. As we provide. Well, right. not only that, we're trying hard to have people turn off the podcast. I know. Here we go. <laughs> we are the worst. Let's move on to Thursday. <laughs> Let's talk about three great games on Thanksgiving. Uh, really, this is when the season begins. You have this great home stretch, uh, and it starts with with it starts with Jay Cutler. It starts with Jay Cutler, <laughs> and uh, you know we 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 don't have to see. The Bears too much more this season, but this one we're locked in. I think we have one more game. There's with the a primetime game on NFL Network. Great job there the following week. Bears. But, well, I know. Well, I'm saying we're almost out of the woods. <laughs> the Bears are almost out of the woods. But we are going to watch the Chicago Bears head to Detroit to face the Lions. The Lions, of course, a tradition, always playing at home on Thanksgiving. And the Lions are coming off a loss to the Patriots in which they weren't uh, very competitive but I don't know how much you can even take from that because nobody's been competitive against the Patriots for almost two months. As we noted in the last podcast, they've on average outscored opponents 40-20 to 20, uh, in the last seven weeks. So on the other side, you have the Bears who you know stank, but at the same time, they finally got a win at home at Soldier Field against a mediocre Bucks team. So everything seems to be pointing in the line's favor here. But can we trust the Lions? This is right about the time of year where the Lions usually go into their fade. They fold up like a cheap seat at the Pontiac <laughs> Silverdome. So is that where are we going to see the Lions stumble in a game they need and should win? I don't think so this week. I don't think so either. They have three easy home games in a row, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and we talked about like the best unit on the field. I do trust that Lions defense. I mean, they couldn't slow down New England, but I don't think they'll have a big problem slowing down Chicago you know, the Bears have gotten a little healthier the last week playing teams like the Bucks and the Vikings. It's a lot different on Thursday. I think, the you know, this might be a get-well game for Detroit's offense, which has been a real issue for them. And they're having to win games 14-6. to And, you know, you, you thought the opposite would happen, if anything, in Detroit. But Chicago's defense, we don't even know if Lance Briggs will play. Kyle Fuller might not play. They're losing guys. They're giving up 27.5 points a game, second worst in the league. I mean, they can't do anything right, and they don't have the offense to bail them out. So I just I look at this as Detroit's get-well opportunity. A newsflash to any NFL Network producers listening to the show, by the way. Like, stop putting the Bears in the hunt. Hey, when jerky you, boys. <laughs> when you put that graphic up, they, got, they always have the Bears still in the hunt. They're, they're they not are enough. in the hunt for a top-10 draft pick and maybe a new coach. Hmm. Just let that sit in the air for a minute. Give us another blowtorch there. More, more, more. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. Don't you guys remember, uh, like, the week after the Brady Quinn Matthew Stafford game? Maybe this wasn't a seminal moment for 2009. you. 2009. There was that great Matthew Stafford Brady Quinn game, and then there was a Thanksgiving game right after that. And I remember thinking, well, at least we've got an exciting, fun Lions quarterback for Thanksgiving every year now for the next decade. Mm. But now it's like I'm not that excited about Matthew Stafford. He's he's not fun to watch. Stafford is uh, almost impossible to figure out. Uh, and then we talked about this last week that the difference between Stafford and Cutler – is perhaps just Stafford has a little flair of the, for the dramatic that Cutler doesn't have. He just Cutler has a flair for being surly and dating eleven reality stars. But like, I think that this is a good matchup of two guys that are enigmas. Somebody's gonna step up in a big spot on Thursday and then eat some turkey. I I agree with Wes's argument against Detroit of late, which is that Jim Caldwell has become what we knew he would be by this point, a very conservative team that isn't going to take big chances. This could be, of the three games of the day, the dullest. Let's be honest. Let's get it out of the way early. That's the way it should be. That's, I'm gonna, Unless yeah, listen. Ndamukong Sue kicks some junk. Well, it, for the person <laughs> it covering fun. the game, that's right. There's always some you side You popping stories. my junk? <laughs> Which You're happened two years ago. You popping my junk on Thanksgiving? You can't do that. <laughs> Talk to Matt Schaub about that. He, we've not seen him since. <laughs> hey, he won, by the way. That Isn't was a great it? moment for the Texans. 24-game losing streak. Isn't that over? You're right. Ow! Big moment for Matt Schaub. All right. <laughs> Matt Schaub had lost 24 games uh, consecutively well, between the Texans and Raiders. He wasn't really involved. On the payroll of teams that were doing that poorly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that game. I think across the board in this room, anyway, I think we all have the lines. Anybody going to take a shot on the Bears? No. No. Okay, we move on to the middle game. Here is... And, Greg, you know I'm a junkie for NFC East football. Oh, my goodness. I am excited about this. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, travel to Big D. I'm going to move a couple more feet away from Jero World. Oofa. What do we got, two, eight, and three teams here? You sound like you want to come into the office and maybe cover this Almost. Game. Almost. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'm going to kiss my wife on the forehead and uh, pet my baby on the head and say, I got some NFC's football right. to attend to well, right now. Well, she would understand, and so would, so would Jack. She'd be like, honey, you can watch it on the TV here. And then I'll throw the television on the ground. It's like, no, i got to be in the office for this. Eagles at Cowboys, a battle for supremacy. And I would never do that, by the way. I like my TV too much. A battle for supremacy in the <laughs> NFC East. Uh, whoever wins this game is in first place. Uh, I think they have a rematch shortly down the road after that, so we don't want to get too crazy and say the winner of this game wins the division. However... What a huge game between two very good teams. Uh, I am. This is, to me, it feels like a bit of a coin flip game. I don't know. Last time, Mark, let me just say this. Last time Mark Sanchez played on Thanksgiving, butt fumble. Right. And Can't go that badly. As a Jets fan, it's almost impossible for me to fathom a scenario Ooh. where he, he gets his Thanksgiving redemption. But then again, football is tough. Sports are weird like that. Maybe that will be the big story, that he will have a shining moment on Thanksgiving it makes sense. It would upset Jets fans. Your thoughts, gentlemen. Who is first of all? Who's the better team? Neutral field. Who's the better team? Dallas. I'd go. I would go Philly. Which so I guess this is giving away where we're probably going with these picks. Although it's on the road in Dallas, the Sanchez factor or something. But I, I still trust Philly more. I just I don't think Philly's got a defense that can shut down Dallas in this game. They gave up 53 a couple weeks ago. You know, this is an incomplete team that's winning in weird ways. I give them credit for that, too, by the way. But with Dallas, I think that this is the, the Thanksgiving game that Jerry Jones 
has waited for for 15, 16 years. Mm. They're sitting in first place. Mm. They can they can drop a hammer. They do play them two weeks from now. I I think that Giants game was the game if Dallas was going to start to tailspin, we would have seen them lose that and lose the moment to Odell Beckham and company. They came through. They won the way they've been winning all year. That bye week came at the perfect time for them. Dallas wins this game. I agree totally about the Eagles' defense. I don't see them putting up a performance that keeps Dallas below, say, 35 points. And I think also if – I would be – I'm picking the Cowboys here. And I would if, – if you had 2013 Nick Foles, a quarterback right now, I would feel a lot better about yeah. the Eagles' chances yeah. of going on the road and winning this game. But with 2014 Mark Sanchez, who, by the way, has not played that well. The, he played well against the Panthers. He made some really nice throws, had a couple of nice drives. But back-to-back weeks, he has, he's been very inconsistent. I'm not ready to say he's going to step in and deliver a big-time game. So I think the quarterback discrepancy is so big. I think Romo is playing at such a high level this season. I think Sanchez is a middle-of-the-road guy. And I think when you put the game in Dallas, to me, that's why the Cowboys win. I think you guys have been hanging out with Elliot Harrison and Michael Fabiano and all these guys who just want to fall in love with the Cowboys as a national story. What games have you been watching? The last home games they've had, right? They lost. Granted, Brandon Whedon was one of the quarterbacks yeah, involved. Yeah, let's, let's, let's like they also give lost, that equal weight. That, that's also lost to Colt McCoy. Okay, and then we're giving them huge props because they beat those juggernaut giants at the last second. It's like that's not an, an overly impressive result. The Eagles are a mystifying team, too. But the Cowboys have not impressed me in particular over the last By five the way, weeks. You're sleeping on the magic of the NFC East there because I don't care what the Giants record is. The Cowboys go into the Meadowlands in prime time. That is almost always going to be a dogfight. Those teams always play each other close wherever they're being played. Are the Cowboys a dominant team? Are they a 95 Cowboys? No, but I think they're a legitimately good team that's going to win 11 games. And they're not winning in fluky ways. They, they, they came out with a formula early. They're running the ball, and they're doing it well. Their defense, we thought, would be – giving up 40 points a game. It's doing the job to some degree. It's not gonna, a great defense. It's, no, not at all. But the offense has enough. They've got, you know, a triplet action going on with Emmett. Or not with Emmett, please. With the, with the, with the modern-day trio that they have, that they can score 35, 40 points a game. My big advantage that I'm giving to Philadelphia that I'll give as long as they're the two guys there, Chip Kelly, the genius, mm. versus Jason Garrett. I don't trust Jason Garrett Jason in any Garrett's sort of a pretty nice season. He let's is. be fair. Well, hold on. So with Sanchez, because I think he, he, what he's going to kill you on, because we, we're starting to see what he is now. He's going to produce and do a better job than he ever did with the Jets, but he's going to throw that one or two interceptions a game that kills you. I mean, he's going he's gonna to create turnovers. Romo can do that, too. Romo can do it, too, but it's a lot less of that with year. Romo. Yeah. yeah. Not Romo's, this year. Romo's playing great, and I, I think the Cowboys fans have to be thrilled with how he looked on Monday night, just his mobility. I mean, he, he This game I mean, comes Sunday down night, to a fourth-quarter Mark Sanchez interception with less than five minutes to go. This Philly team is the most hard-to-pin-down team in the league. Like, you don't know if they're terrible or potentially great. It's fair. I'm going to go with great at least on Thursday. <laughs> All right, so Greg's going to take the Eagles in this game. Uh, Mark and I take the Cowboys, and the gold standard takes. She's going to take a lot of turkey. At that damn yank, that's where you get that type of humor. Every time you log in there, you're going to get some profound thoughts about social issues, about football, about football at that damn yank. <laughs> we move on to the final game of Thursday Night Football. Final game of Thanksgiving football. <laughs> Here we go. The Seattle Seahawks, the defending world champions, Super Bowl champions, head 
to the Gene Center in California to face the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the place. Oh, I liked your – I thought it was just a joke. That was great. Just call it the Gene the Center Gene in California Center, from now on. The uh, Levi Stadium, I believe it's called. It's in Santa Clara. No one knows Santa where it Clara. is. Santa really. Clara. It's miles away from the Seahawks city. Seahawks at Niners, a great matchup. And, uh, Greg, I think you put it well on Twitter today when you said that the fact that the – Niners and Seahawks are both seven and four. Makes this game even better than if they were both nine and two and cruising th- at the top of the NFC. It makes it more meaningful because it's not just two teams cruising to the playoffs. It's two teams that genuinely hate each other that can put a big, decisive, you know, crack in the kneecaps of the other team's playoff chances. The losing team here is going to have an uphill battle to make the playoffs, whereas the winning team still has a shot to win the division, especially if it's Seattle. If they could sneak a win on the road, then you can start seeing that path to winning the NFC West. I think if Seattle wins on the road, that's the one big differentiator here. They play again in a couple, a couple weeks. weeks. Yep. So it's like they're probably going to go, they're probably going to split. But I think we're all picking Seattle in this game, aren't we? And I, would I like, haven't decided. I would like, I'm not sure either yet, actually. <laughs> that's the game I haven't decided. I'm not sure. I need to see Seattle step up on the road. You know, I, I think they've been a mediocre, kind of crummy road team this year, and it's time for them to show some spine because the way things are shaping up, they are unlikely to have home field throughout the NFC playoffs this year unless some things happen with the, the Packers and in the NFC East. Uh, and I haven't seen them get a signature road win, so this, would, to me, would be the one. If you can go into San Francisco, who, by the way, the Niners have not been great in their new stadium so far, Gene Center is what it's called. <laughs> Seattle, to me, on Sunday in that 19-3 win over Arizona, looked healthier on defense. They had their mojo back. They just looked like last year's Seahawks, and they shut down the run completely. Arizona could do nothing. That, for me, is the matchup. They've given up 80 or less yards in like six of the, of the games, of the last 11 games this season. San Francisco's not been running the ball the way that they have in the past. If they can put the clamp on that and force Kaepernick to win this game, I like Seattle's chances. Yeah, I'll tell you what else I like. Winner of this game wins the NFC West. How about that? I think that's fair. Mm. I think the I could see the Cardinals. I think they're going to the tank a little bit, and I think one of these teams is going to steal the division. And why not proving start that the, the regular season in the end takes us only to the most predictable places? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if we've learned anything about football, it's always predictable predictable every time San Francisco is going to have to go beat Arizona in their rematch they already have a loss against Arizona they have already a couple I think they have three division losses so it's going to be tough for San Francisco to win the division they will have to basically win out I think for any chance of winning the division I mean when we talk about oh the Seahawks haven't been the same as they were last year I I would say the same exact thing about San Francisco they're often they're a hard watch on on offense to be honest they used to be the most I thought they were most creative Unit out there. I couldn't, couldn't wait to see their games. I, I, I don't feel that way this year. On the injury side of it, too, one thing we've got to keep an eye on is Marshawn Lynch. I think uh, Pete Carroll said he'll be out there, but his I think it was his back it was his stiffened back, yeah. up a little bit, mm-hmm. and he was not effective on Sunday. So on a short week, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Pete Carroll has not won in San Francisco yet. So I have in a candlestick. Not in this Gene's house. (laughs) Whatever, though. It's just worth noting that the last two years when they've been superpowers, basically, they've split. They've won other home games. And at no point in Pete Carroll's run has he gone to San Francisco and won a game. I'm not usually into going in, but it just shows that it's a tough thing to do. 
And I'm I, not into not, this new Niners it's, stadium. It's though. not like it's the not Seahawks the offense place. is playing well. This really could be like a nine to three game. The Seahawks offense isn't playing well. Seahawks, de- San Francisco's defense is playing outstanding right now. They are playing as well or better than the Seahawks on defense. You know what they should do with Gene Place? They should do what they did at Candlestick, where because it was such an old facility and was a multi-purpose facility, they left randomly eleven thousand seats empty in that one corner of the end zone. <laughs> right. They should do that because maybe that was the secret mojo of San Francisco was that golden zone of empty seats. Maybe that turns It didn't help that around. the games were like 40 degrees and a blazing yeah. wind. And by the way, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the subject of the Seahawks, I need to say something about, uh, you know, I always like when people say someone's on a show once on a radio call and they come in for three minutes and then the person that hosts that show is like, friend of the show. No, that, the player has no idea they were ever even on the show. Sure. Richard Sherman was on the show once, and uh, the old ATL debate club, I believe, and we talked to him, and he seemed like a nice guy. Uh, I'm real. I'm I'm over it. This the press conference he had on on Tuesday, in which he, him and Doug Baldwin brought out the cardboard cutout. It was it was it was really like, it it was forced. It was labored as as Wes and I sometimes save each other's bits, and and the thing that got me the most annoyed was that the media immediately, because it's a default setting now whenever Richard Sherman does or says anything, is just a brilliant, brilliant satire. He gets it. Genius. He gets it. He gets the process. Taking shots at the shield, speaking up for the players who don't have a voice. You know what? Calm down, Richard Sherman. Just play some football. I'm. I know. I'm sounding like the cranky old white guy, Greg, when you say That's, that. But I said that downstairs. You're but like, it's like I. I just the thing that annoys me is not that Richard Sherman <laughs> speaks and is outspoken. It's that if you're gonna if you're gonna try to pull that type of move, got to be a little more clever and a little more exciting about it. I didn't take anything out of it. I thought it was just annoying, and I hate that people just automatically say anything he does is when genius. you 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 and Wes call each other's bits labored. Well, this was you know this was not that entertaining to start with. How about script it better? <laughs> Drop a bigger hammer and get us into it. But it wasn't it was that a great. Lot of, a genius. lot of half points mm. and a lot of kind of things that we've heard about, like complaining about the brand usage and the alcohol, not being able to plug alcohol. Things, just stuff, kind of stuff that it's just like, tire. we've heard this a hundred times. Greg, uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable right now. But well, anyway. He could have had some music, you know, Zach attack, perhaps. Look at you. you are, you're one of them. You're one of those drones. No, I'm Richard not. Richard Sherman is a genius. I pretty much agree with you that it wasn't that exciting, but I don't have any strong feelings. The best about part it. was we had the live feed in <laughs> the newsroom uh, watching it, and you know his bit was mostly met to silence in the in the press conference. And one of the reporters goes to gather his uh, recorder after he was done, <laughs> and he says to a woman that was also getting her recorder, "What was that?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe summed it up better than anyone. Anyway, I, I like this new role role Dan is taking in as the kind of cantankerous columnist that's been there I for would 25 like to, I would, years. I would no, call him a piece of these kids with their that's new the fangled. Thing. And that's the other default setting. <laughs> it's if you don't think Richard Sherman's a genius and you disagree, you're the cranky guy that doesn't get it. Uh, fine, I'll be that guy. But it's like, no, I just don't think necessarily everything he says is because Richard Sherman is so genius and he's operating on another level as a professional athlete. I hear Gold you. standard, your take on this. Well, being the man with the C-minus Twitter feed in the house right now, <laughs> I don't wow. want to give anyone pointers about satire. But <laughs> I will say that I did find it a bit labored and only mildly mm. funny to begin with, even yeah. if well executed. By the way, the smartest guy in the room agrees with me, Greg. Nah, now what? I agree. That's what I said. I basically agree with you. I just don't feel particularly strong. It doesn't drive me crazy or anything. Okay. It drives me nuts. Media watchdog, Dan Hansis. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on this game? 
Uh, and I agree, Greg. I, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick in this. I'm going to have to give it another uh, Oh, by the way, hours. I haven't, you know, I mentioned that I was picking Seattle. That means nothing. I'm, I'll do what I feel like doing. We haven't made our picks yet. You can check our picks out on uh, Weekly Pick'em, the game, and we also mm, do our power tasty. picks on the website on NFL.com. It'll be up a day early this week on Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. Hubba hubba. All right, so that's it for Tuesday's version, edition, I should say, of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back one day from now with our uh, preview of all the great Week 13 action uh, our big preview show we do, Chris Wessel will be back. The mailman will be returned from his tape-watching voyage, so that's always going to be fun to have the whole team back together after we've been split up for a couple shows. So until then, thank you for listening as always. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the Sizzler, the Boss, and the Gold Standard behind the glass. Until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.